Hello, it's Naja Roberts, and I'm excited to bring to you my very, very first podcast because I have a guest in the house on Whoop Whoop. His name is CJ, the smart guy, and he is our crypto tax professional. So stay tuned to hear more about his story and what he is doing in the crypto space. You're listening to Ahead of the Crypto Curve with Naja Janine Roberts. Every day you'll get a 30-minute dose of financial, technological, and personal inspiration from the world's top business minds, movers and shakers, and last but not least, Naja herself. Trying to get information from Silicon Valley or Silicon Beach? Nah, you're in the wrong place. She's building Silicon Hoods. Want to live a healthy, wealthy, and relevant life? Welcome to Ahead of the Crypto Curve with Naja Janine Roberts. All right, let's dig right in. But before we get started, I have to tell my backstory because this is my first podcast and I'm super excited about it. But I actually procrastinated for exactly one year and one day. And the story behind it really quickly is the day that Kobe died last year, I was supposed to do my podcast and I didn't get it done. And then yesterday I had every intention of getting it done year to date to hit the anniversary of his death and I still didn't get it done. And then we had a fabulous guest from out of town named CJ the Smart Guy who came into the office and he's telling me his extraordinary story about how he became one of the biggest and greatest, I'm gonna say, I'm putting it out there in the atmosphere, uh, cryptocurrency accountants, actually licensed, not your homeboy down the street that does your taxes and helps you save a couple bucks, uh, an actual certified accountant uh, CPA. And so we are excited to have him, but what he was saying was that uh, he was so happy that he had done his podcast because it actually brought him to where he is today. And I just said, you know what? I have been procrastinating and funny story, which is a story I just told you. And here we are, 20 minutes later, doing my first podcast with none other than CJ, the smart guy, the tax professional specializing in crypto. So, CJ... Tell us just a little bit about your journey and how you got into cryptocurrency uh, specifically in your practice. Well, yeah, thanks for having me first off. Uh, I, background about me, my name is Charles J. Kelly. I'm originally from Southern California, so LA is where I'm originally from. Um, I moved to Houston for college, had a couple jobs out there, um, big Nipsey Hussle fan, and so, you know, I learned from cryptocurrency from both Dr. Boyce Watkins as well as Nipsey. I started learning about it while I was studying for my exam. Um, Dr. Boyce Watkins led me to Lamar Wilson and Nipsey Hussle led me to Isaiah Jackson, the author of Bitcoin and Black America. And so we're on Twitter just talking normal crypto stuff. Um, I bought the book by Isaiah and next thing you know, Clubhouse came out. We're in the clubhouse and people want to do their, uh, you know, their history on who, you know, who I am. As they double check my podcast um, called Pivoting Your Business that I did right when Corona had really started taking over. And, you know, that built me up because it wasn't when I released it 
that it got big. It got big once uh, people started looking backwards to see who I was. And in the Pivoting Your Business podcast led me to the Entrepreneur Period podcast. And here we are. Clubhouse boomed me up. And you know now I'm with the Black Bitcoin Billionaires Club. And things are really good. All right. So with that being said, what or what reasoning did you have? What reasoning did you have behind actually um, making cryptocurrency your focus as a CPA? Uh, so first, while I was studying for my CPA exam, um, you know, you're trying to figure out what's the best route you want to go. At the time, I was mainly doing you know normal normal taxes for personal and small businesses, um, as well as I was doing, you know, bookkeeping. But cryptocurrency was my passion. I double majored in finance and accounting in school. I like finance way more than I liked accounting, but accounting is what brought in the money. You know, it's hard to do finance if you have no money. Right. So I can invest $100 into a stock and I could be really great and 5X and I make 500, which is not even my rent. So I was like, well, let me learn about this crypto. So I was studying crypto and as I'm studying crypto, I didn't even realize I was going to be doing cryptocurrency taxes until I started, until Bitcoin started going up. You know, we're right now we're in January of 2021, um, but Bitcoin started going up in November, December, and as it's going up, people are actively asking me, "What do I do with taxes?" I'm like, you know what? This might be a really great field. So I just study all the CPE, CPE meaning like um, continuing education for professionals, and I'm learning all the different tax codes, all the different rules going on with it. And I'm like, this is actually not too difficult for me because I learned the basics of accounting. Right. If you don't know the basics of accounting, this is not easy. But if you know the basics of accounting, it's not too bad. And you know, I start talking to other CPAs and other CPAs, they know nothing about cryptocurrency. So you, know, you have the, the language of accounting and then you have the language of cryptocurrency and then you have English. So essentially, you have to speak three different languages, and most people only know one. Some people may know two, like most CPAs, but to know all three, most didn't. So I was like, you know what? This is going to be my focus. And then I started seeing, you know, how much help people needed because people were bringing in, you know, six, seven, eight figures, and they never had money in their life before. And I realized, oh, they don't know anything about this tax stuff. So it became, oh, let me help these people more than something of just. You know, oh, there's a lot of money in this field because that's originally what happens while you're studying. You're studying and you're, you're broke. You're thinking, you know, how am I going to make some money? Money, money, money. But when you see all these people making seven, eight figures and they don't even understand Uncle Sam's coming for them, you know, all of a sudden your heart goes out because you're like, oh, I don't want to see you, you know, locked right. up. And so that's my goal is to provide as much free information as I possibly can while on the back end making as much as I possibly can. And so when you can merge the two, that's where we're at right now. So podcasts are free. Clubhouse is free. Twitter, Instagram is all free. But then, you know, when I start actually putting time, that's where it's paid. So that's the way I balance it. All right. All right. Well, I can make this disclaimer. I've only actually known you about four weeks. And in that four weeks, I have learned some incredible information. And not only have I learned some incredible information, I was so impressed with you and your, your, just your language and you know what you're talking about, that we actually hired you for our firm, uh, our cryptocurrency firm. So I'm super excited to be able to support you in your business 
and I cannot wait until we're on a yacht in about 10 <laughs> or 15 years going between our islands because it is going to happen. And not necessarily, and this is not yacht money that we're going to get off the backs of our community. It is because we're going to bring value to our community and help our community get to the places that they need to get to change their financial trajectory for their entire families. And so with that said, uh, some of the things that I've learned from you in the last four weeks has just been incredible. Um, one of the major things that you really opened my eyes to, you told me that the, the new tax return for 2020 would have something about cryptocurrency on the front of it. And it would be asking us whether or not we did anything with trading or mm -hmm. gifted. Anything that we received in cryptocurrencies in 2020, we need to report. Mm -hmm. So what do you want to share with the audience about why that box or not checking that box and not being forthcoming is important? Yes. So there's something in the IRS they call fraud, where if you do not report your taxes or you're trying to you know hide what you're making or you're doing the numbers that are just completely wrong they have an infinite amount of time to audit you so what this box is is really just you saying hey have you received traded or done any you know buying of virtual currencies virtual currency mean cryptocurrency and if you say no and you have that means they have an infinite amount of time to come after you so just say yes if all you did was buy you actually don't have to report everything that you bought mm -hmm. but if you don't um check that box then you are committing fraud and if they ever find out that you received you know any type of cryptocurrency at all you can be liable for audit in 50 years they can come back to 2020 and say oh you lied and then charge you interest penalties have you in jail and so my goal is just to help people out and say hey look just say yes just say yes check the box absolutely absolutely so i kind of want to dig in a little deeper with that specific statement because if i'm a person and i've been told that if i shop at sam's club and i use the app lolly l-o-l-l-i which we'll put that in our little uh we'll put that little link down below so people can grab it if you're watching or listening to us on a platform that we're able to do that but a Lolly app actually gives you cryptocurrency. So I didn't buy any Bitcoin, but in, in 2020, I was shopping at Sam's Club through the Lolly site, and I've earned $250 in, in Bitcoin, Satoshi. So do I need to check yes on that box? So in cryptocurrency world, there's lots of gray areas. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you the normal U.S. dollar area and then compare it to cryptocurrency. Mm -hmm. So in the tax code, if you receive cash back from using a credit card, that is not considered income, that's considered a discount. So in the cryptocurrency world, if you use Lolly for getting a discount, that's not considered income. However, if you click that little box and they give you cryptocurrency on a daily basis, like Lolly may give you like 100, 200 Satoshis on a daily basis okay. just for opening up, that is considered income. Even if it's only seven cents a day in USD, that's considered income. And if you say no and you've been doing that, that can be considered fraud to the IRS because let's say you know you got 2,000 Satoshis for the year. Well, how much is 2,000 Satoshis equal in 50 years from now? 
So they can come back and who knows how those rules are going to be. The rules change all the time. So they may say, oh, we're going to charge you for the U.S. dollar value in the year 2070 for what you got in 2020. They can change the rules at any given time. So what you want to do is when the rules are in play, say, yes, I received cryptocurrency. And, you know, how much did you earn? Well, in U.S. dollars, I earned $2 worth of cryptocurrency. They're not, you're not on their radar. You complied. The dollar amount's not really worth their time. But if you say no, and in 50 years they find out that you did, then you are opening yourself up to an infinite amount of years of audit. So it's best just to say yes and in good faith give the best estimate of what you made. Um, as long as you're within 25%, chances are they only have three years to, to audit you. They're still bringing in their technology to really look at this. So as long as you're in good faith, you do the best you can, chances are you'll be okay. They're really going after the people who say no or the people who drastically um, try to evade taxes or do fraudulent activities. So just be in good faith, check the box, and you should be okay. And you just said a word that triggered something that I've been hearing from you the past four weeks. You're saying it's okay for tax avoidance, but not to evade tax. Yes. Can you explain that really quickly to our audience? Because that yes. just resonates with me. Yes. So for instance, tax avoidance is a good thing. If you think about the IRS tax code, the tax code is an incentive system. You know, the IRS, they don't, you know, the government, they don't want to hire a whole bunch of people to do a whole bunch of work. So what they'll do is they'll incentivize people, businesses, to do certain things. So for instance, like an opportunity zone, the government doesn't necessarily want to rebuild all the buildings in your neighborhood, but they will put an incentive to say, oh, if you buy into a low income area and you build it up, then we'll give you a tax break. So essentially, you as the person or you and your business, if you put your money into that opportunity zone, you don't have to pay taxes. That is called tax avoidance because you are avoiding paying taxes. You are strategically planning your life to not pay taxes. And as long as you're doing it by the code and it's legal, you're actually helping the government because it's an incentive system. So you are being incentivized to spend your money the way you want and that's what you're doing, so you're rewarded by not paying taxes. That's a good thing. The government likes when you avoid paying taxes that way. However, if you are making a million dollars a year and you're telling the government that you haven't made anything, that is evasion. That is fraud, that's lying, and they have an infinite amount of time to come after you. If you made a million and you say, oh, well, I only made 20,000, you are grossly under, um, under reporting what you made, Therefore, they will come after you. So avoidance is legal and is using legal tax strategies to avoid paying taxes. Evasion or fraud is what can end you up in jail. Um, and the best way to know those rules is to talk to a CPA or to an enrolled agent, some type of tax professional who's licensed. The difference between a, a normal tax preparer and a CPA or enrolled agent is that a professional, we have to go through a rigorous process to become certified and then if we do something fraudulent, we have a whole lot more to lose than a tax repair. A lot of times these tax repairs, they'll just do something and you try to contact them and they're gone, they've gone ghost. You don't know where they're at. You know, they don't have much to lose because they don't have a certification. They can right. just go to another industry. Right. I'm not going to another industry. I sacrificed four years of study for this exam. I went to school for five years for this and I worked in corporate America for three years. 
I am not losing my certification over anybody. So hiring an actual professional has something to lose is probably the best route to go so that um, you can understand the difference between tax avoidance and tax evasion. And parlaying into that particular statement that you just made, if somebody can't get CJ the smart guy, which I absolutely suggest that you do, because our taxes have been taken care of, I, and I am the, I am not afraid to say I absolutely hate tax season. I hate everything about it. I don't even look at the tax returns. I'm just telling you all 100% the truth. I sign it and send it, and that is it. Whoever prepares it usually is just somebody that down the street, my cousin, somebody that knows somebody, and I understand now that it has been probably one of the worst decisions that I've made in my uh, career is to just let any and everybody do my actual personal taxes. Um, but with that said, if somebody cannot get a CJ, the smart guy, what should they be looking for in a tax preparer? Uh, well, a, with a tax professional, some of the things that you want to do is make sure that they understand the industry that you're in. So for instance, like with cryptocurrency, there are plenty of CPAs out there, but most CPAs have no idea you know, with an airdrop or a fork or mining or staking. They don't know what that stuff is. So hiring a CPA to do that, that may not be in your best interest. So you want to make sure you talk to a CPA who's actually knowledgeable about the area that you're in. You can go to the irs.gov website. They have frequently asked questions about cryptocurrency. And you can just test your CPA to see if they know anything about it. Um, you also want to make sure that they are an official CPA. So you can go to like the Secretary of State's website. Um, they have like the State Board of Accountancy and look up their name, you know, make sure that they have official number. Um, those are those are some really important things, as well as if if you can't hire me because my rates are too high or whatnot, you can still reach out to me. We have a directory of other CPAs that can be suited for you um, in the cryptocurrency realm. There's very few of us, but if you are just a small business or you know, you have, you know, stocks or you have properties or things like that. There's plenty of CPAs that I can refer you to and make sure that you're good. Because at the end of the day, I want to help my people. That was the original reason I studied for the CPA exam originally was to help my parents out because they, my dad makes, you know, he's a, he made money. He was a programmer. But when it came down to, you know, planning for these things, that wasn't what he was taught in school. Um, and so when the housing market crashed in 2009, I got hit real hard. I was when I was 18, 19 years old, and it was just really bad. Wow. And so I was like, you know what? Let me become a CPA so I can help out the family. And lo and behold, that happened in 2008. I became a CPA in 2020, 12 years later. And so now we're working together to you know, help uplift our community. He's a doctor now. So he wasn't a doctor back then, but now he's a doctor. So now All it's right. like... Oh, the, you know, the Kelly family, they're doing real well. And, um, yeah, so my goal is to help out. So if you reach out to me and you need help with a CPA, I can definitely guide you in the right direction. Um, but if you are in the cryptocurrency realm, um, there's very few of us. So um, you might want to just, you know, work with me because that's a very specialized field. In three years, it may not be that specialized. But right now, it's extremely specialized. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I appreciate that. And you said something that just let me know that you're the same exact age as one of my children. 
So uh, when you said about that 2008 and the crash and the situation you were in at 18, yeah. uh, my son was at that same point at 18, and we had done very well in real estate. Had about 24 houses at the time, and uh, that the market crash and the housing bubble burst, and there he was at 18. And I literally, because I had put all my eggs in one basket, mm -hmm. literally my only suggestion was to him, if you don't want to go to college, as much of an entrepreneur as I was, I said, look, you're going to have to go into the military. Mm -hmm. And it was something that I thought I'd never, ever say, period. But because my entire nest egg was literally, if not on the line at that point, had just about dwindled, um, you know, that was one of the things. So when you said that, it just made me realize it's always great that we have these young people coming up that are doing phenomenal things in the community, also in the cryptocurrency space, and I'm just excited about it. So I've been, I'm over here while you're talking, just smiling, because I'm really proud of you, my brother. So thank you, thank you. I had another question. Um, as you were talking, you mentioned... The IRS right now doesn't have the bandwidth to really go in, but they're putting processes in place to go in and do the checks and balances on those of us that are in the crypto space. With that, I want to ask you, uh, because a lot of people think that cryptocurrency or dealing in cryptocurrency is anonymous, and we all have these wallet addresses that we have. What do you think the probability is going to be soon that if we check a yes, or no on our IRS tax returns that they're going to ask us to submit our wallet addresses and then be able to uh, kind of check the blockchain to see if the amount of monies that we have coming in are actually what we've actually reported and then doing the forensics to figure out where the Bitcoin is that we send and what we might have gained and all of those different time things. How long, how far off do you think we are from that? Uh, so it's difficult to figure out how long we are away from, you know, complete understanding of where every dollar is going. What I can say is that if you are using exchange like a Coinbase or Uphold and you do KYC, which is know your customer information, and you give them your social security number, they are actively sending the IRS your information. Um, so you might be thinking, oh, they can't find it, but they can. Right now they're going after the on and off ramps, which are, you know, the exchanges so that's one way that they look at it um another way that they look at it is they look at your banks so anytime you have a transaction that's over five thousand the bank has to keep track of that um, so if you're under audit they will go to the banks and say well all these five thousand dollar transactions what's going on and if it's over ten thousand it gets sent to the IRS immediately so if you are one of those people who you know you bought bitcoin at the very 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 beginning um, and nobody knew about it. IRS maybe not be able to track it or whatnot. But then you buy a Bentley for a hundred thousand. Well, when you buy that Bentley, even if it's in cash, the car dealership legally has to report that to the IRS because it's over ten thousand and it's done in cash. So it's like, well, you may have all this cryptocurrency, but what are you going to do with it? Some people say, okay, well, I'll go overseas. I'll do this. I'll do that. All I'm gonna say is, if you do stuff like that, make sure you hire a lawyer because we don't know how long they're going to be you know, in this, in this position of just trying to learn the technology and learn the wallets. We don't know how long that's going to be. And if you commit fraud, they have an infinite amount of time. And I'm pretty sure over 50 years, they're going to be able to do it. Um, we look at like Monero, 
you know, there's basically a, a bounty on trying to crack that code. Eventually, they're going to be able to crack that code. Nothing in the crypto world is, you know, untraceable. The blockchain literally records every single transaction on the blockchain. Mm -hmm. And through IP addresses, a lot of times they can find what technology you're using, where you are at. And I would never underestimate the government in looking at the assets that you own. The good thing is, as of right now, in, you know, January 2021, there are so many ways to avoid paying taxes in crypto if you do it correctly that I would just say, look, this is the best time to report because chances are in the future, they're going to be changing the rules. Um, we look at uh, 1980, I believe it was 1986 with Ronald Reagan, and he changed the rules saying, well, capital gains are now considered ordinary income. And what that did was that changed a lot of people's strategies in terms of how they manage their funds. And you know, not to get political, but Donald Trump hated that rule because he was in the real estate world and he was paying these low capital gains taxes. And when that became ordinary income, a lot of his businesses went bankrupt because of that one rule. So you always wanna make sure that you're prepared for whatever laws may or may not change. And because there's so much money in the crypto world, I do not believe that there will be all these tax avoidance um, rules in place in the future um, because there's millions and millions and billions of dollars being made in this crypto space and the government wants their, their fair share. They want their money. Uncle Sam wants it. So you can try to, you can try to you know, not report it all you want, um, but at the end of the day, chances are they're going to come after you and they may come after with interest if you don't do it correctly. So I don't think the, the idea should be how long are they going to, you know, be able to track you. I think the real idea is, well, when will they really enforce the taxes going up? Because that's when that's when it becomes a lot more difficult. What if what if every single transaction is now automatically taxed? You know, we don't know what they can do in the future. As of right now, they, they're not doing much. Right. But right. we don't know what the future holds. We absolutely don't know what the future holds. And I'm only going to ask you one or two more questions because I know your time is valuable and I appreciate you doing this for me today. But I have to ask this crypto virgin question that's asked to me almost every day in some shape, form, or fashion. People want to know if they buy Bitcoin and then they go and they trade it for another altcoin, let's call it XRP, let's call it uh, Polkadot, whatever they're purchasing, do they owe taxes on those, on that transaction? So what I'll do is I'll say there's five main types of, um, ta five different types of events that normally happen in the crypto world. If you buy cryptocurrency, that's not taxable. However, you do wanna make sure that you're paying attention to when you buy it, because when you buy it, that is considered your cost basis for whenever you sell it, exchange it or whatnot, that number becomes very, very important. So when it comes to recording your own taxes, you want to, want to make sure you have the exact date. You want to make sure you have exactly what you bought it for, um, the quantity of the asset. So if you buy two Bitcoins, you bought two Bitcoins when it was at 20,000 and the, you know, 20,000 in US dollars. And you also want to make sure that um, you know, you know that wallet. What is that wallet? Um, so if you buy cryptocurrency, that's not taxable. 
if you move it from a personal wallet to another wallet, that's not taxable. However, if you are using exchange, that may show up as uh, a taxable event on your 1099 because a lot of these exchanges are still brand new in terms of recording um, this information. So they're not always accurate and they're not always in your best interest. And if you have a, a good CPA, we'll be able to say, oh, well, this is from a personal exchange to a personal wallet. That's not taxable, but your 1099 may not report that. Um, so if you buy Bitcoin or cryptocurrency, that's not taxable. If you move it from personal wallet to personal wallet, that's not taxable. If you exchange, um, like you said, a Bitcoin for XRP, that is taxable. So what happens is, say you bought Bitcoin at 20,000, and then when it was at 30,000, you exchanged for XRP, you have a capital gain between what you sold it at versus what you bought it at. So in that situation, if you bought it for 20 and it went to 30 and you exchanged it, you have a capital gain of 10,000. If it is, if you've held it for less than a year, it's taxed as ordinary income. If it was, if you held it for longer than a year, then it's considered capital gains and you get the more preferable um, tax rate. So if you buy it, it's not taxable. If you move it from wallet to wallet, that's your own, that's not taxable. If you exchange it, it is taxable. Um, if you sell it for US dollars, that's taxable as well. Same rules with the capital gains, um, as well as if you earn it, like through mining, through staking, or you receive like crypto wages, like uh, Russell Kung, like, you know, mm -hmm. he, you know he, he said 13 million, you know what? Half of that goes into, into Bitcoin payments, half that goes into USD. Well, that Bitcoin that he's getting, that is taxable as well. And then when he sells it, then it's actually taxed twice, both as income and then for the capital gain. Um, wow. So those are the main five events that are taxable. Um, there are lots of gray areas that if you hire me or you hire a CPA, we can get into because that's a whole nother realm, but that's the basics. And you have definitely said a mouthful, but I just want to make <laughs> sure that the listeners are getting this small clarification. What is the benefit of holding it for one year? I heard that in there and they need to hear this so that they can become hodlers, H-O-D-L-E-R-S. Yeah. Hold on for dear life, hodler. Yeah. So what, what, what would you suggest? So say if you bought Bitcoin when it was 10,000 and now it's at 40,000, right? Until you sell it, you buy products with it or you exchange it, then you have an unrealized capital gain. Mm -hmm. You don't get taxed on unrealized capital gains. Right. So personally, what I do is, as I see it going up, I take loans out against it. Okay. Um, I can, you can use like a BlockFi or Nexo or Celsius. I don't want to like promote any of those brands, but that's a way that to avoid paying taxes and still have cash. You say, okay, here's my collateral. Let me get this loan out. Um, and that's not a taxable event. You pay it back, you get your collateral back. None of that's taxable and you held it um, for more time. When you hold it for over a year, you're taxed for capital gain versus ordinary, um, ordinary income. income. Okay. Capital gains are taxed more favorably. This is why a lot of CEOs will say, oh, my, my salary is only $1. Well, you do that in order to keep your ordinary income below a certain threshold as of right now, I think it's $40,000 a year. 
And what that does is that allows you to pay a 0% capital gains tax. So a lot of these CEOs, they say, oh, well, let me just have a $1 salary so that they don't actually have to pay taxes at all or a very limited amount. When I say tax, I'm talking federal. I'm not talking employee or employee. I'm not talking about sales, none of that. I'm talking about just federal taxes. Um, and the incentive is, is that the government likes you to have capital gains. That means you are investing your money. They want you to invest. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of times the hard worker, the working class get punished the most. Um, I had a video on, on Instagram where I explained like the four levels of, of income. The very bottom is the people who get the earned income credit. Um, you know, they pay the least amount of tax. They actually get money back because they want to, you know, the government wants them to have a certain level of living. The middle class, you know, their, their tax refunds are normally pretty small. They probably pay a nice chunk of change in taxes. The rich get taxed the most. So when people are making three, $400,000 a year, most of the time your lawyers, your CPAs, your doctors, they get taxed more than anybody else. Then you have the wealthy. The wealthy live off of capital gains and interest and dividends. And all of those are taxed at lower levels than ordinary income. Wow. And so Warren Buffett actually said, Warren Buffett's a multi-billionaire. He said um, that his uh, actual tax rate is lower than his secretary because he gets most of his wow. money in capital gains, interest, and dividends. Wow, wow, wow. And so, you know, I don't create the rules. I don't agree with all the rules. However... I make sure that you can take advantage of all the rules. I make sure that you're legal and you do it correctly. Um, and so earlier when I talked about how Donald Trump hated the fact that Ronald Reagan turned all the capital gains into ordinary income, what that does is that says, oh, wow, I have to pay just as much taxes as everybody else. Mm -hmm. yeah. And if you didn't prepare for that, you're, you can get in trouble. So um, capital gains is normally the best way to go in terms of how to earn your income, but the rules can change at any given time. All right, well, with that said and the knowledge that you know, I am super excited that you are now my CPA for life. <laughs> uh, and I'm just super, super excited to be able to, again, in 2021, have you prepare my crypto business taxes, my personal taxes. I'm trying to get that stuff together for you because I tell you I hate that time of the year. <laughs> but I know that I need to do it, so I'm glad that I have you on board. So what would you say, and this is my last question, what would you say as a crypto enthusiast, uh, whether I'm buying just Bitcoin or whether I'm buying altcoins, what software would you suggest that I use to help you do your job easier as a person who's buying all these different altcoins and doing all this stuff? Because you said that we needed to know what wallet or what exchange we bought it, the exchange rate, when, when you know all these different things that a lot of us, uh, a lot of us do not honestly keep track of. We just kind of go and just run, run amok through the cryptocurrency exchanges and system. So, what would you suggest, our uh, as a software, or what would you suggest that we do to keep track of these transactions? And I'll just tell you what I've been doing lately since I met you is actually taking a screenshot of any purchases or any sales that I do um, just so that I can even give you a basis because I didn't even have a basis before. So, no. But what software would you recommend or what style of record keeping should we use to help you do your job better? So 
that can be a complex question. Um, similar to like, I don't recommend different softwares or different companies for um, anything else that I do. Because uh, one, when you're dealing with cryptocurrency, you're dealing with technology and coding. I don't know the coding side. Okay. I only know the, the accounting side. So what some of the, the softwares will do is they'll say, oh, well, log in to your exchange. So say like Cointracker, you have to log into your Coinbase account and they pull out all your wallets and exchanges, things like that. I mean, I've used Cointracker before. Um, however, I don't know what they're actually keeping track of. Okay. Is it centralized? Is it decentralized? Who's keeping track of all of that? I don't know. Okay. So the, the way that I normally tell people is whatever exchange that you're using, whatever wallets that you're using, make sure that you can export like a CSV file okay. or Excel file okay. so that I can track all of it. I do this all the time. Okay. Um, if you do it manually and you have more than 100 transactions, all the best for you. Um, it's lots of work. It's very tedious. It's very manual. Um, I do it for a living. This is how I get paid, so it doesn't bother me as much. Okay. Um, I'm an accountant, so it doesn't bother me. Okay. Um, but the best way is to send out a, a CSV or Excel document. If your exchange or your wallet doesn't have that information, um, then at least a spreadsheet of what you bought because almost all of them have some type of summary right. of what you have. Right. And at worst, you can a lot of times go to like an ether scan or um, some type of um, place where you can track all the transactions on your wallet, on the blockchain. They should have all that information. Okay. Um, so that's normally the best way uh, versus using any individual softwares. There are softwares out there, but like I said, I don't, know really, I don't really know the coding behind it. Um, I know Lamar, he always talks about, well, if, if it's not your keys and, you know, it's not your Bitcoin, well, if you're giving up, you know, the password into your exchange and your username, we don't really know what they're doing. I don't know what they're doing, so I don't want to recommend it. Okay, and so, I understand that. Yeah, I would say just send me the CSV or the Excel document and let me do my tedious manual you job, you know. All right, well, I appreciate that. And again, everybody, we have CJ, the smart guy here on Ahead of the Crypto Curve, the first episode ever the day after the year that our fabulous Kobe Bryant uh, passed away. And so I am super excited that I'm actually able to do this and that we can look back on this day and say, I remember when Naja did her first podcast because <laughs> I told her to pull out the mic and let's make it happen. So again, I appreciate you. I appreciate your expertise. So how do people get in contact with CJ the Smart Guy? Yes, yeah, so you can check me out on Twitter or on Instagram at CJ the Smart Guy. No underscores, no spaces, just CJ the Smart Guy, as well as on Clubhouse or on YouTube. Um, those are the easiest way to reach out to me. If you DM me on, on Instagram, I normally hit back within a couple days. And yeah, there we go. All right. Well, thanks again for listening in on Ahead of the Crypto Curve. Because I believe that if you know better, you do better. Peace and blessings. Have a great evening.